Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. This is Father Nathan Goble, top of the hour, sitting here with Father Michael O'Loughlin, nowhere near top of the hour. Nowhere near top of the hour, it's folks. 923. <laughs> it's 9.23. But it is the octave of Easter, which means that it's always at the top of the hour oh, because snap. the Kairos has come. <laughs> yes. Bright Tuesday. Bright Tuesday, folks. Poor, uh, Father Michael, you want to tell him what, what habit you had to break tonight? Drinking tea while I podcast? He walked over to the teapot tonight. <laughs> he walked over to the teapot tonight, and he was like all sad, like, ah, I got to drink tea. Oh, tea. But, nope. But we I remembered. Are... Yeah? What? I'm drinking Stranahan's. What are you drinking? I'm drinking one of the first bourbons I've bought for myself in a while, because all of you have been so generous. <laughs> because we're spoiled. We're spoiled. <laughs> uh, we have a wine rack. We have a wine rack that actually has uh, more bottles of whiskey in it than wine. Thank but you, I found listeners. exactly. I found this bottle of Calumet Calumet Farm whiskey. Shout and a, out! Shout out to Callie and Luke Spa. Um, Callie <laughs> is my hair artist, um, <laughs> and um, Luke is my bestie with Testy. Um, and uh, they bought me a bottle of Calumet uh, for their wedding, and I haven't seen another bottle since, and it is delicious. Does he really have only have one? It's kind of a sensitive topic. Okay, sorry. Anywho, um, but yeah, we are in Bright Week. We are in the octave, and we are having a great time. Thanks, good God. to be back. Christ is risen. We had to podcast tonight because uh, Father Mike Rapp decided that oh. he was going to go to Rome, and uh, then followed by Rome, he's going to, or no, he's going to another place on the Adriatic coast of Italy to Somewhere do a wedding. Italy. Jason yeah. Ferris. Uh, former seminarian, and then um, he's going to Rome, and then he's going to Cairo, Egypt, and he failed to record a podcast before he left. Yeah, and then Father Michael is leaving for San Diego, San Diego, which means Saint Diego. <laughs> On this podcast, it means Saint Diego. Anywho, um, so he's going there. We have our convocation next week. So uh, I'll, he'll come back, and I'll be gone, and then I go on the fishing trip. I'll be doing masses for in every parish throughout the Archdiocese of Denver, because I'm the only priest that's not going on. <laughs> so I'm doing masses every day, all day. Literally, you could, you could make your money just doing fill-in work for a couple, for a week, and then do... Uh, anointings. I'm kind of doing that. I mean, I'm I'm doing. Uh, there's one parish that I'm doing like every daily mass they have. Which one? Saint Vincent de Paul. Yeah. Well, they pay well. well <laughs> That's not summer. why I do it. But yes, they do pay well. What song is that? I don't know. He has. I this just. I just. Hip sl- fun music on. I like songs on Spotify, and then they end up on my playlist. Cool. It is called Harvest Moon by Handsome Ghost. Huh. Yeah. Lovely. I just clicked love or the little heart on it. And Do you want to give one grace from Easter? You want to just say, hey, Ooh. this was, uh, of all the things. There was one young woman uh, new to the parish who has been coming for a couple months now. And on Pascha morning, so this year I kind of went big with the Montessori tile thing, style things. So um, we don't normally, like, like, we're Ruthenian, so there's certain traditions that are Ukrainian, Melkite, other Byzantine rite traditions that we Ruthenians don't do. So, um, but I've been incorporating some of those in just because I think they're awesome. So, like, when at the moment when we commemorate the resurrection happened, so it's actually in, like, the Brokemenon before the Gospel of the Vigil. The Brokemenon in the fourth tone. Um, I... I know that some traditions just have everybody stomp on the ground. So I had the, especially the kids, just like stomp on the ground. And it was much louder than I expected. It's supposed to be the hell 
like an earthquake and hell bursting open. And then during this time, the priest throws bay leaves into the air. And this year, both Father Joel and I did it both. So the bay leaves are dry, so they kind of flip. So as you throw them in the air, they kind of twirl around. And it looks awesome because you run through the church throwing bay leaves in the air. So these are the souls escaping Hades going to heaven while there's this rumble happening throughout the church. Um, which was beautiful on Saturday. Friday night was absolutely epic, as it always is, because we tend to do the liturgy right as it's getting dark. So you have 120 people bring in candles and put them in the two candle stands before the icons of our Lord and the Theotokos. So it's just the the church is dark, except that the icons are absolutely glowing with all these candles. And then Sunday morning, Paschal Matins is just unlike anything else. You know how we... Like we, we, we take the cross and bang on coffins right. at funerals. We do the same thing with the, with the door of the church on Pascha morning. So and the glass that, door? Well, I, I missed the glass, of course, on purpose. But if you look at the seminary doors, yeah. your seminary doors, you're going to see divots where in previous them. years I've made big divots in the wooden doors. Don't tell the rector. Um, but so, yes. So And then this girl who's been coming for a few months totally just has never experienced this much of the Byzantine church before. Right. She walked out on Pascha morning, and on Easter, people get their baskets blessed, and then they just eat them. So you wait after church, you have a feast of the food that you brought to be blessed. So she sat down on the grass in front of the church, and I just walked up to her, and she said, Father, that was amazing. And she came to everything. She said, that was amazing. I think I'm going to have to join this parish. Whoa. And it was just seeing someone who, like... We go big, of course, for the Triduum, and it's it's the most amazing services of the year. But just seeing someone who did not quite know what to expect, and she'd even told me, oh, I, I probably can't come to everything, but she came to everything. And it was just, it was so beautiful to see such a good reaction to what we love doing and what we love showing off. But she just had the reaction I always hope to have from people. So it was when I think back, I was like, yeah, that was, it made everything worth it, the exhaustion and all that, to have someone say, I, like on on a bright Monday, so the day after Easter, the gospel begins from John, no one has ever seen God. It's only the Son of Man who has made him visible, right. made him seen. So I thought, well, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make God visible through our services, through our liturgies. And I think for her, that's what we did. So shout out to Crystal. I don't know if you listen. I have no idea. but Crystal. Anyway. Crystal, for for, you, for uh, making my Pasca by commenting how much you got out of it. What about yours, Father? Is her middle name Pepsi? <laughs> She's too young. Oh, okay, <laughs> just checking. Uh, my favorite moment was when the people got their names called for the RCIA because they were so jacked. Nice. They were so excited. And all of them, you know, have great stories. And we did we did the the kind of telling of those graces tonight. So um, let's see here. To DJ Erica uh, Bree. Um, Is it Shirley? DJ Erica no, or DJ, DJ and, and Erica? Erica. Okay. Shirley. Uh, Tabitha Cooper? Um, Caleb? Oh, no. Tabitha? No, not Tabitha. Oh, what was her name? There was two little girls. That were um, baptized with Caleb. Caleb's a young kid. Mm. Um, and then, let's see here. There was Ian and Megan. And they were just, like, so happy. They were honestly just, like, bursting. And um, to see them make their profession of faith was super cool. I'm trying um, to find it. I know you don't on Twitter, so I want to show you this. Um so yeah, that was that to me was like like actually seeing your kids come into the church was like amazing. To read that tweet. What? <laughs> I'm getting baptized in my et Catholic stuff you should know shirt today. All the fathers on the podcast have played such an integral role in my faith journey. That's pretty cool. This girl, and I looked it up. I looked on our Twitter feed. She actually got baptized wearing her Catholic stuff t-shirt, wow. which was awesome. Cool beans. What is her name? Uh Forrest. Mandy Forrest. Shout Mandy Forrest. Forrest. Anywho, but like it was like it was a fatherly moment. I actually felt like I had like children. That's beautiful. And uh, and seeing them come into the family, and then uh, just their joy. And I mean, all the the production that we do is for the sake of them, like really rejoicing, and like them being able to light their candles in faith. 
Nice. Was just like they were just so happy. So, so I'm grateful. I love that you remembered all the names. That's I awesome. don't know if I remembered all of them now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, mm. did, I did a correction. And later. Ben and Jamie. There we go. Sorry, gosh, Ben would kill me. <laughs> um, we'll edit those two names into the. No, list. it's fine. They understand. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think we got them all. Yeah. So, and then uh, there was. Um, before before they came in to the church, we did one prior to that. So I did two chrismations. I don't think the Funsteins listen, but we I give chrismation and Eucharist to two kiddos. Oh, at nice the, at the like vigil, little which kids, is beautiful. Yeah, they well, yeah, little littleish kids um, of age to receive in the West. Um, so it was, uh, yeah. So they received. It was awesome and. Just to see, like their kids, they didn't. It's hard to grasp like the fullness of what's going on, but the look on their parents' faces was reflected in my face, and just the pride of them receiving the beautiful sacraments on the feast. So, yeah, it was incredible. Right, they're ready then. Oh yeah, they're ready. So, anywho, um, so the only other one is uh, Amber received her sacraments the week prior. Okay. So she received it on Palm Sunday. She was Catholic, so she got everything else. So to Amber. And uh, so I think that's all. But what I want to talk about today is actually an important topic, which flows into part of what they received, which is uh, godparents. So who are your godparents? Who are my godparents? Uh, my uh, my dad's brother, Glenn, and my and my uh, mom's sister, Barbara, because I'm the oldest, so they got their siblings involved. Got it. Yeah. What did, what did they ever do, like, in terms of your own faith formation? Well, unfortunately, they both left the faith before I was... Really? Yeah. Oh, this is perfect. I know. I don't think that either of them listened, so pray for, pray for my godparents. I actually... It clicked me, like, I need to pray for my godparents. Were they at Grandma, Grammy O's funeral? Um... Glenn? Glenn was, yes. This is, my, of course, Grammio's son, other than my dad. So he, he, he's Protestant, faithful, goes every Sunday. Hmm. Um, he, he married a woman who was Baptist, and so uh, oh, he yeah, went yeah, Baptist yeah. with her. I know. And then uh, Aunt Anne, he met her. And then, uh, yep. and then my Aunt Barbara, I think she left also when she got married. It was one of those things. But I had a confirmation sponsor, uh, shout out to Art Schwalm, who listens to every single podcast Art from heaven. Schwalm. Um, but he, he died two weeks after I was confirmed. He was a, a convert to the faith. And he, he. Did you say he listens to all the podcasts? From heaven, yeah. Oh, from yeah, heaven. Yeah. Art so Schwalm. He, <laughs> as, as my confirmation sponsor. He, uh, he's, so he. He was one of those like football dads. I don't know if he watched football, but he never went to church with the family. Mom dragged the kids to church. He would. He never would. Um, and I, I can't say dragged the kids to church. They're all still Catholic, thank God. But um, he would always stay at home on Sunday mornings, never go. He went to one retreat that his parish put on. His wife, I'm sure, dragged him to it. Anyway, he had such a powerful, spirit-filled moment that that he had a conversion at that retreat. Hmm. He came into the church the next Easter, I'm sure, I was young, I don't remember the exact details, but then, um, and then when I was looking for a confirmation sponsor, you know, neither of my godparents were in the church anymore, um, so my mom said, you might want to consider art, and I was like, that is an amazing idea, and then he died suddenly, with, well, he didn't even get my thank you note, and my mom said, you know, it's, you probably need a sponsor in heaven, you need, you need someone who's at the throne of God, who's going to be doing this, so it was beautiful, and then recently, I have uh, started putting a particle on the discos, like you commemorate people by putting a little particle of bread on the discos in the Byzantine liturgy. Is this like a, is like one of those band names or whatever, particle at <laughs> the discos? Oh no, that's Panic at the Disco. Yes, Never Panic mind. at the Disco. Um, amazing voice. I was listening way. to Particle on the Discos the other day. They had a great Particle track. Man, Particle Man. Okay, now all these songs are coming in. <laughs> Particle <my> Man. <laughs> I haven't listened to that in they forever. Might be giants. Shout out to yeah. Donnie Reining. That guy listened to Particle Man. I love that guy. <laughs> um, anyway, so now I put a part on the, on the discos for my godchildren. My godchildren sure. are Simon, Anna, Mariel, Emma, Sophia, Benjamin, Nathan, Naomi, and Victory. Those are all my godkids. Wow. Show off. And so I, uh, I put a particle on for all of them. And then my godparents now, because I thought, you know, my mom always told me, you need to pray for your godparents, you know? Yeah. And I was like, it's true. So anyway. There you go. So if I could get all the listeners to be praying for Barbara and Glenn, they're amazing people. They really are. I love them both immensely. Um, but 
that they always are seekers of the truth. I actually don't know who my confirmation sponsor is. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I think it's Kay Wheeler. Oh, okay. I think it's Kay Wheeler. She was my she was my second mom. I was still Roman, technically at the time, third so. mom. Okay. Uh, but um, and then my godparents are uh, uh, Rod and Vicky, and uh, I, I I podcasted on them before. Um, but we're, we're, we're talking, it's actually funny that you call them sponsors, you know, like that yeah. you're sponsored to them because canon law describes them as sponsors. And, uh, in RCIA, you have the difficult, uh, task of trying to welcome people into the church and get them super excited, but then also like to, uh, try to encourage them to, to not make certain mistakes that, uh, other people make in regards to something as important as a godparent. So, I mean, sometimes people choose godparents because they like, they want to honor that person. Mm-hmm. Like you're super important in my life. Right. And, you know, I want you to be, you know, a godparent to my kid and that's helpful, but that's not exactly the reason why, uh, you want to be a godparent. Yeah. I put the fear of God in people nowadays, even at the baptism. Like if I didn't get a chance to meet them, really, I'll always ask him like I do at marriages. Like, so at Byzantine marriages, the couple is already married by the homily, but in Roman weddings, they're not yet. So at Roman weddings, right. I always say, I put the fear of God in them at the homily and say, this is what marriage means. Do you still want to do it? And I say the same to the godparents. I like baptism. This is what it means. And when I give the homily, do you still right. want to be their godparent? And I say, and what this, does it mean? It, it means that you are responsible that this person is raised with the freedom, right. the true freedom to make the decision to choose Christ when they get older. Yeah. And, and we actually turn to the godparents. We turn to the godparents and we say, "Godparents, are you ready to help these parents in their duties as Christian parents?" Yeah. You know, and what we just said, like uh, parents and godparents, you have asked to have your child baptized. In doing so, you are accepting the responsibility of training them in the practice of the faith. It will be your duty to bring them up according to God's to bring them up according to God's law and keep God's commandments. Do you clearly understand what you are undertaking? And they're yeah. always like, yes. And I'm yeah. like, you're a liar. You just read that off the sheet. <laughs> right. You have no idea what you're talking about. But, I mean, it's true. I mean, how can we fully understand everything of what godparents mean yeah. unless somebody like actually inform us. So mm-hmm. I just want to make, I'm making a small analogy here. I don't know if it's a perfect analogy, but uh, I, it did help uh, one of our RCIA candidates because they wanted to choose somebody that wasn't a bad person. They weren't like, you know, I don't know, committing sacrilege or anything like that. They were just kind of tepid. They weren't really practicing their faith. And they still wanted to honor them because they were important to them, but they also felt like um, they understood that this person wasn't exactly like a stellar example. And I said, this is the example I used, I said, would you choose someone for your sponsor for AA who's still drinking? Yeah. And that really clicked with them. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, I guess not, you know? And then it got to me thinking, like, what exactly does it mean to be a sponsor in AA? Nice. And what is the relationship between sponsors in AA and godparents? Okay. So that's what we're doing. Nice. Perfect. So uh, have you ever been through AA? I've gone to three open meetings. And really? I loved every single Can one. Can you do that? Oh, yeah. They have, they, have, oh, they have closed meetings that you can't go to if you're not alcoholic, and they have open meetings. And I highly recommend anybody who can go to an open AA meeting. Oh, wow. They're incredible. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it you, you just it works for any sin, any fall, any any addictive sin, and we all have them. Yeah. And just to, to hear people talk about and then apply it to your own sin is incredible. Yeah. So I found this 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 pamphlet online, um, uh, an AA sponsored literature on quote questions and answers on Sorry, sponsorship. Ironically, can you hand me the yeah uh, the juice? <laughs> it just ran out. Just the juice. <laughs> okay. I'm in that juice. All right, so what is sponsorship? Okay, here we go. Um, in AA, sponsor and sponsored meet as equals. Essentially, the process of sponsorship is this. An alcoholic who has made some progress in the recovery program shares that experience on a continuous individual basis with another alcoholic who is attempting to attain or maintain sobriety through AA. Then the next thing, when we first begin to attend, attend AA meetings, we may feel confused, sick, apprehensive. Although people at meetings respond to our questions willingly, that alone isn't enough. Many other questions occur to us between meetings. We find that we need constant close support as we begin 
learning how to, quote, live sober, okay? So it's really somebody who's willing to walk with them right? and walk with them along a path that they've attained some level of maturity in. However, if they're not actually walking on the same path, if they're, act, if they're not actually willing to draw them to the same point and direct them towards a place where they both want to end up, it would seem like it's not a good, it wouldn't be a good sponsor. Yeah. Somebody was just like, you know, frankly, like I'm, I really don't see a lot of value in this. I mean, I appreciate that you see a lot of value in it, but like I, I, I'm glad I want to be there for you, but like it's not really for me. Mm. Like I, I need somebody who's going to actually help me. And if you're not actually going to help me, like right. I, I, I appreciate you. I, I, I thank you for your honesty, but you're not ready. Yeah, and that's okay. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't mean that you're you know horrible. Whatever. It means that right now you're just not ready to enter into yeah. that the kind of uh, intensity that is required of someone who's made the twelve steps. Yeah. Not enough people who are asked to be godparents say no. Yes, because I don't think they understand fully like. What it means. Right, exactly. So um, so I just want to read uh, another couple things. So um, how does the sponsorship help the sponsor? Okay. Sponsorship strengthens the older member's sobriety. The act of sharing sobriety makes it easier for a member to live without alcohol. By helping others, alcoholics find that they help themselves. Sponsorship also offers the satisfaction that comes from assuming responsibility for someone other than oneself. In a very real sense, it fills the need felt by most human beings to help others over rough spots, okay? Mm. In short, it's evangelization. Right. You are spreading the good news of what you have found in this program or in this life, yep. and you're sharing that grace with somebody else who is either in the process of receiving it or isn't fully convinced that it's going to be a better life, and you're trying to get them to the point where they would say, look, I'm, I'm going to sell out. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm willing to do it. So what does a sponsor do and not do? A sponsor does everything possible within the limits of personal experience and knowledge to help the new newcomer get sober and stay sober through the AA program. Hmm. Okay? In short, that's a great description of what we would want for a godparent. Yeah. Let me just change the words. A godparent does everything possible within the limits of personal experience and knowledge to help the newly baptized Catholic get Catholic and stay Catholic through the Catholic Church. Amen. That's what we would want. I love it. And they do everything possible. I've even told people, listen, you're their godparent. They have their, you know, godchildren go off to college or whatever. I'm like, you need to go to their college. Mm -hmm. You need to take them out to brunch. Amen. You need to, you need to actually like go and meet them and treat them and kind of, you know, like ask them how things are going and then be like, hey, we're going to go to mass together. And I'm going to ask you when you're going to Mass. Yeah. And I really want you to get in the habit of this. Yeah. And this is important. And it's not just like, well, maybe, if you can, kind of, right. you know? The other thing I told him was, this isn't about the sponsorship or whatever, this is another analogy, but it's like, that's like choosing somebody who you really want to be a Bronco fan. And it's like, I want my kid to grow up to be a Bronco fan. Right. I want him to know the Broncos. I want him to know them by name, to know the team colors, to know like the team songs, to be able to quote like different moments in history, you know, like, uh, you know, Woken to Bronco Land, you know, John Elway. <laughs> and uh, anyways, but then actually the, the person I chose is a Raider fan. Right. And they, you know, they, they don't, they know of the Broncos, but they don't really, they don't really go to the games, yeah. you know. Like, are they still in, like, Portland? Is, do they play hockey? No, you would be a crappy... If you wanted your kid to be a Bronco fan, that would be a crappy example. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, that's just all they can do. Yeah, That's all they can do. Not bad people. We still want them. We still need them in the church. We would desire them. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you're just not ready. Yeah. That's okay. So um, so then what, what would a godparent do, all right? That's the sponsorship, okay? This is a loose analogy. Some of our friends have found a lot of help in, in AA. It's yeah. actually Catholic-based. There's a great story of, of the Catholic underpinnings of, mm. of AA. Um, but then, like, what exactly does a godparent need to do? Above all else. Pray. Pray? What if they don't go to church? Oh, if the godparent doesn't go to church? Yeah. Godparent doesn't go to church. They just pray. 
Right, but I mean, I, I, I'll stand behind the pray thing because I think it's the life of a godparent oh. is like the life of a parent. It's, it's, it's actually impossible to do everything right to raise a child so that they are maintaining the faith. Fine. Okay. But like, what if they don't go to mass? What if they, do, what if they stop like attending church? Yeah. Well, what if they don't fast? So, so, so what is, what, so for instance, what is the what rule is on attending the wedding? What is the Catholic rule on attending the wedding of a fallen away Catholic who's getting married outside of the church? I mean, yeah. It changed, right? So before yeah. Vatican II, you could not go to the wedding of someone who was Catholic, True. left the faith, and yes. now is sitting in marriage out of the faith. And at, at Vatican II, or somewhere around there, they said, now it's, it's not that black and white. In other words, we're removing that rule. And so my, what I do is I say, what is going to be more helpful to the salvation of the soul of that person? Mm-hmm. That you do go and still cause some sort of holy anxiety in their life until they return to the faith and and put some sort of pressure that 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 that's you know moderate and helpful on their life or do you not go and that is the pressure that you it, in other words it take there's a subtlety here it takes a sermon so i think the same thing is true for a godparent if you have if you have a a godchild who is questioning the faith left the faith whatever it is even if, like, I'm sure most of the people listening to this say, oh, my gosh, I have a God kid I haven't even thought about in years. You know, I know they love the faith. Like, what do you do? I think pray first, and then secondly of all, be in contact, and then tell them what Jesus means in your life. What I say about my parents is my parents made Jesus relevant my whole life. That's sure. why I still have the faith. So if a godparent can make Jesus relevant, or at least explain to their godchild how Jesus is relevant in their life and how they how they how they a relationship with him actually affects their daily life and makes them happier and makes them holier. So, but I, I think even all of that right now, I have two of my godchildren that I am really struggling with, standing at the throne of God and saying, "These two godchildren, I have I done enough already." Well, yeah one one of them one of them I take that back. One of them is not a godparent. One of them I I sponsored in a different way. I don't want to I don't want to give away who it is, but it's like I I am like really struggling yeah. with this with this kid and being like you know what do I do at this point? And then the second one, the parents just stop taking them to church, stop taking them to, to mass right. or liturgy, and and I'm like I'm like and but they're still young. I'm, I'm just, they're not adults yet. They won't be adults for years. Didn't your brother do something like that? He said oh, I'll come gosh. over. That was yeah. I think I told that story. My yeah. brother, my brother said, "I'm going to pick up your daughter every single Sunday morning at 8 a.m. I'll have them back by noon because because at that point my brother and sister in law had left the faith, right. um, but they hadn't they weren't married in the church yet. But anyway, that that was that was what caused. And I hope you guys have heard that story. I won't tell it again. That yeah. was what the beginning, the second thing, the first thing that that, that started off the process. A shout out to my sister in law, Stacy. Um, the first thing that that started the process was. Was my uh, was us not going to their secular wedding because she understood she knew how much we loved him and we knew she knew how much we loved her but we weren't going to go to the wedding because we knew that that we we knew that he should as a Catholic he should be doing more he should be married a sacramental wow. marriage and he wasn't now actually new, new news though new news. Um, pray for the soul of Patrick Stacy's father Patrick died on Holy Saturday Whoa. and we found out. I didn't. I wasn't aware of all this. Stacy found out. She's now fully Catholic. God bless her, and is absolutely a super mom. I'm so proud of her. But she found out that her dad was. I heard this through someone in my family. I forget who. That her father was baptized Catholic. None of us knew this. I don't think he even knew this. He hmm. found out later on. Anyway, he's been living with cancer for years, and he died having received last rites with a scapula around his neck, and the priest prayed the Divine Mercy Chaplet and died with Stacy holding his hand. Wow. Like after, ye- I mean, he never, I mean, he, he, we, we saw him all the time. He never went to Catholic Mass, but a, literally a deathbed reversion. Just remembered that I didn't pray my Divine Mercy Chaplet yeah. yet today. All yeah. right, we got to get on that. So anyway, it was, it was incredible. That's so awesome. I pray for this old Patrick, but I was, I was blown away. My brother Christopher sent me this text to explain, like, he died with a scapula around his neck. And mm-hmm. after the priest came, did last rites, prayed the, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and Stacy was standing there, sitting there holding his hand when he died. That's incredible to me. So. Yeah. Thank God. That's right. Grace kind of boomerangs. You know, one yeah. person takes it, and then it comes back and gets to another person. Yeah. So this is what it says in canon law, okay? Um, so they, 
there is to be only one male sponsor or one female sponsor, one of each. You can't have two two god mommies, two god daddies. You okay, can't in the east, <laughs> not in the west. Okay, <laughs> you can in the east. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anywho, um, to be permitted to take on the function of sponsor, a person must. It doesn't say pray. Sorry. <laughs> one be designated by the one to be baptized. So you can't just say, I'm that person. Or by the parents or the person who takes their place. Or in their absence by the pastor or minister and have the aptitude and intention of fulfilling this function. you got to actually have the aptitude and intention. Second, have completed the 16th year of age, unless the diocesan bishop has granted another age, blah, blah, blah. Three, be a Catholic who has been confirmed, has already received the most holy sacrament of the Eucharist, and who leads a life of faith in keeping with the person to be taken on. Again, you have to be confirmed and receive Eucharist. Initiated. Fully initiated. initiated. And who leads a life of faith in keeping with the function to be taken on. You got to live a life of faith, which is prayer, discipline. Sacraments. Sacraments. Yep. Attending like regularly, yep. just the life of faith, no more which is not just like, not just... Mass every once in a while, or even Mass on Sunday. If you just go to Mass on Sunday and you don't do anything else, it's like, are you actually Catholic? Right. Have you been to a fish fry? They're amazing. <laughs> Four, not bound by any canonical pen- penalty legitimately imposed or declared. Five, not be the father or mother of the one to be baptized. And then sub point two, a baptized person who belongs to a non-Catholic ecclesial community, is not to participate except together with the Catholic sponsor and then only as a witness of the baptism. So you can have a Protestant, a non-Catholic, be a witness, but he's not, he or she is not really a godparent sponsor. That weight would fall squarely on the shoulders of this other person. Of the Catholic. Of the Catholic, right? So, I mean, do people understand that? And do they understand that they're taking a sacred vow? They're, they're swearing an oath when they're up there. It's not just, oh, I'll do my best. It's like, no, I, I swear that I will, I will do this. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, at the throne of God, I still, yeah. I'm still worried about, like, did yeah. I do enough at this point in my life for these two sponsees of mine, these two godchildren, right. god kiddos of mine? So in our in our diocese we have these, you know, forms that you have to fill out, you know, if you're going to be a godparent. And a lot of times people aren't even paying attention. It's like, yeah, yeah, blah blah blah, okay? Yeah. So this is what we ask you. We ask um if you're going to be a godparent. Um a godparent must be fully initiated. Please indicate whether you've received the three sacraments of initiation. Baptism, yes or no. Confirmed in the Catholic Church, yes or no. First Eucharist, yes or no. A godparent must be 16 years old. Are you 16 years old or older? Yes or no. A godparent can't be a parent. Are you a parent of the child? It can't be a parent of the child to be baptized. And then we get to the other ones. Do you attend Mass on Sunday and on Holy Days of Obligation and regularly receive the sacraments of Holy Communion and Reconciliation? Do you follow the Ten Commandments? Yes or no. Regarding the Sixth Commandment, a godparent must be in good standing with the Church. If married, he must be married in the Catholic Church and live according with the teachings. If single, he must be living according to Church teaching. Catholics who are married by a justice of the peace at another Christian Church without special permission and those cohabitating do not meet the requirements of this role. Based on these guidelines, are you in good standing with the Church? Nice. And a lot of people are just like, uh, kind of. I mean, yeah. And it's just helpful because it's like, look, if you're not at that place right now, it's okay. Yep. Like, we Just want no. you. We want you to get to that place. Yep. But be honest. Yep. Don't make me play like Columbo with you, where I have to ask you all these questions, and then all of a sudden I'm like, "So, um, so who's this?" It's like, "Oh, this is my girlfriend." Ah, yeah. oh, got you, <laughs> oh sucker. This is my girlfriend that I live with. So and if that happens, you cannot get married. Can't get married. So if if you have your girlfriend be your sponsor into the church, then you cannot marry her, right? Because there is a relationship through baptism. At least in the East, you you cannot marry your baptism what? sponsor. Yeah, are you serious? That creates a spiritual relationship that what? that disallows. Can marriage. you get dispensation for that? I don't think so. Listen, people, 
if you want to be in the East, you can have two mommies <laughs> be godparents. But in the West, we could say if you actually dig your godparent, you could marry that person. Whereas in the East, you can't. I, I'm going to have to double check these things because I, I don't want to get angry emails from Eastern Catholics. But that would, that sure. is kind of interesting yeah. because then you would have a sacred responsibility. I just think you can be dispensed of that. I'll, have to, I'll look it Come up. Come on. Don't be so harsh. It, it creates they were a very young. real relationship but that, 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 is, that is bound by the law of God. Yes. That, that you are, you Bound are, in, by the a, you are in a parental role as a godparent rather than a spousal role. Well, Boundaries. I understand. Yeah. But like I still I still go back to if you are not if you're not in a position where you're practicing your faith. Oh yeah. Like why would you ever say yes to that? Right. And I understand like it's a it's a great honor. They trust you with that and you do love that kid. Yeah. Like you love your niece or nephew or you and love you're your honored friend. to be asked. Right. Yeah. But it's like just right now, I just can't do that. Yeah. Like, man, can you help me move? Ah, oh, man, like uh, yeah, I just just can't do that right now. You feel free saying that? Yeah. But then when it's like, "Hey, would you be the person that ensures that my kid maintains the faith even if I were to fall away?" Yeah. Like not like you gotta you gotta adopt them if I die. It's yeah. like no, you have to make sure that they maintain their Catholic faith, even if I like wuss out. I, I like, think that mm. most even Catholics in the pew would say that what it means to godparent means that if the parents die, oh, yeah. I will raise the child. I know, which which is that even raising them raising them like in a human biological way is is less important than raising them in the faith, making sure that they are raised with every opportunity sure. for the freedom to affirm their relationship with Jesus Christ and their participation in the Catholic Church. And as a Catholic. Yeah. Not just like, oh, I'll make sure they get good moral values. It's yeah. like, no. Even if like you're not terribly like prepared, you've got to start getting into your oh, Catholic yeah. faith and yeah. making sure that they go. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is I like that you're podcasting on this because this is one of the big issues in the in the church right now is people choosing godparents because it's an honor or because this person would expect right. it. It's almost like choosing someone that's going to be in their wedding party, you know. Right. And this is so much more important than that. Yeah. Like I mean, Rocky Balboa would not have ended up being as great as he was if he didn't have somebody in his corner that was like giving him the encouragement. Exactly. But like the people that they choose are like, don't worry about it. Just have another. Who yeah. cares? That's like calling your sponsor and like, I'm getting ready to walk into a bar, and he's like, Well, you got to do what you got to do. You know, I'm not going to judge you. Like I would think that the sponsor would actually be able. And granted, if they make a dumb decision. The sponsor doesn't disavow them, right? but the sponsor actually says to them, are you getting back on the road to sobriety? Yeah. If not, then it's cool. Like, we're going to, we can be friends, we can whatever, but like, if yeah. you're not actually willing to do that, I don't think the sponsor is going to waste their time. Amen. Yeah. And I mean, again, this is where my, my knowledge falls short, because maybe the sponsor would keep pursuing them, which is exactly what you'd want a godparent to do. But if you had a crappy god, if you had a crappy godparent and a crappy sponsor, yep. it's like, man. Now I have to say, you know, you said my godparents, you know, left the church or whatever. Yeah. My godparents, like, I don't know if I've ever had a conversation with Rod and Vicky about mm -hmm. faith. I haven't. But I know that every time we went to mass at St. Edwards, they were there. That was at my grandparents' mm. uh, parish. Okay. Um, so they were they were around. And they were always super sweet. And I, I've said this before. The one thing that Vicky did that changed my life as her godchild was she ironed my shirt before I went to my grandpa's funeral. Oh, nice. And I remember it being so early, and she had already gotten up, and she had ironed Aww. all of our clothes. And, and we're not even related. We just stayed at her house, okay. me, Mike, and Brian. Okay. And she ironed my shirt, and I was just like, who the heck does that? <laughs> like, that, that, that was Christian charity. It was so kind. And anybody could have done that. I mean, a pagan could have done that. But, like, there was something of me that was like, that's my godmother. Yeah. That's what she did. 
Well, so I, I have to uh, I have to say something after Ooh. you say that. Ooh. If we have time to record a second podcast, I'll talk about this in a second podcast. But I gotta get some ice cream in me first. I woke up on Easter morning, first Easter living in community, with a wrapped present outside my door. Oh. And I opened it, and it was uh, house slippers from Father Nathan Goebel. Are you wearing them? <laughs> I am. Oh, nice. I got it right out. So house slippers, which, which he, I don't think he knew, but I've literally gone to two different stores looking for house slippers. Because at my old house, I didn't like my house. I, did, I was never there. I would wake up. I would right. leave. And I would spend my entire day outside, and I'd come back to sleep. I spent eight hours a day at my house. That was it. So now I'm trying to spend more time living at the house here in a community. So, so I've never even thought about having slippers. Slippers were never a thing because I never liked being home. So I woke up, and then I, I see the slippers. I'm like, this is epic because I've been looking for these. And then I go take a shower, and I come back in. And then I get a knock on the door. And I open the door, and Father Nathan Goble is standing there with espresso with milk jet, in it. Jet fuel. Jet fuel, which I had not had milk for 47 days. Yeah. And I having, and you gave me espresso with milk in it. Like, that was an epic like it was a communal community moment. yes like you you're totally the house mom you're That's totally right. the hospitality guy so anyway it's like do these things for your godchild so that they right. say this person thinks of me loves me and wants me to have what's nice yeah i mean and pray. I, I would i would credit that as much to my god parent as i would to my grandma nona um who would she would set out all the cereal and milk and juice somehow before all of us got up, and then she would go back to bed. Hmm. But she didn't set it out the night before because the milk was cold. Wow. And I don't know how she did it. Yeah. And it was always so great because your bowl was right there, your spoon was right there, so you didn't have to open up a bunch of you know drawers and everything else and find everything. Yeah. It was just right there, and I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. And again, like, if you're a godparent and you're saying to yourself, I'm not living this life. I, I, I'm sorry. Like, maybe they chose the wrong person. No, somehow God chose you. Mm-hmm. And they chose you. Yep. And now it's your task to start living in. Yep. And um, my little brother, uh, so I have two godchildren. So you have like a list of like 13. I have two. <laughs> That's okay. Um, one is Hannah Bear, and the other is, is Haley. Nice. Hallie. Hallie, sorry, Hallie. I always have to think Haley or Halle Berry. You start thinking, and okay. I'm like <laughs> Halle Berry. Ow, ow. So, um, yeah, my my newest niece and my brother asked me, and I was so honored. Yeah. But there was also part of me that was like, "Crap, dude, I'm not already. I'm already stinking as one godparent. You know, now I'm gonna have two. But it's helpful because, like you mentioned, like when you go to mass, like you're like, all right, who do I need to pray for? Yeah. And it's like your parents, your family, your siblings, your you know your brothers, and then all of a sudden it's like my godchildren. Yep. So you just got to start, and if you feel like you're overwhelmed by it, find somebody who you know is like actually devoted. Yeah. Just like you would find a devoted fan, and just be like, look, teach me how to be a Bronco fan, or teach right. me how to be. Teach me how to play euchre well yeah. or something. Yeah. You just got to apprentice yourself, and then before long, you're going to be teaching other people. Pick somebody at the parish who you look at and say, that person is is prayerful a good dude. and holy and is is leading other people to heaven and a relationship and union with our Lord through their prayers. And even if you don't know them that well, ask them to be the godparent because... If you think they'll take the job seriously, they're better than choosing your best friend or your sister, or your brother, or someone right. who's who's in a place of struggle. And maybe even tell the person, you know, I one of these days I want you to be a godparent for my children, right. but I need you to be living the faith. I respect one of my siblings because they did that. Nice. They did that to one of my other siblings, and they nice. said, "We want you to be our next godparent, yeah. but you're not ready yet." Beautiful. And I was just like, "Dang, <laughs> yeah." So, Amen. so, anyways. We'll pray for you. Yes. And to all people who are AA sponsors, God bless you. You really do change a lot of lives. So, But how many people would say, and I agree with you 100%, I love tying in AA to being a sponsor, but 
how many people, even me, would say that being an AA sponsor is more important than being a godparent? Which is just not true. It's more important to be a godparent. It's salvation of souls. Yeah. It's just the way we think about it. Yeah. I hear you. All right, we got a few shout-outs. We've received a few gifts. All right, this is February 16th, 2019. Your podcast is your podcast has been a blessing for me. I fasted from non-Catholic and non-Christian media last Lent in an attempt to grow my faith. Your podcast was the first Catholic podcast I downloaded and has been a tremendous catalyst for the growing love of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. As a token of my appreciation, I wanted to share some of the finest Michigan craft beer with you. I hope you enjoy. The Michigan craft beer was super tasty. Um, I brought it over to the uh, to Larkins yesterday. I had one of those. You did? That's what that was? Yeah. Nice. It's amazing. Yeah, that was epic. First, please give a shout out to my wife, Heather. Insert Borat voice here. She is tremendous wife and better even mother. She rarely gets credit. She deserves for being an outstanding mother of three, four-year-old daughter, and two-year-old twin boys, despite knocking it out of park every single day. Her I love, and she know I would love a shout-out. Secondly, we're supposed to pray for the healing of my cousin. This is honestly true. Um, and please pray for Dave Ember. He's a Iraq war vet and a Lathrop village police officer in battling brain cancer. So to David Marchuk from... Uh, Livonia, Michigan. I need to throw a Byzantine thing in here. Like when you, when people ask you to pray for somebody, making the sign of the cross is incredibly powerful. Like in the moment, pray for the person, and the moment, make the sign of the cross, and it is incredibly powerful prayer. So when you hear Father Nathan right now say, "Pray yeah. for this person," just make the sign of the cross, pray for them, and that's a very effective way of uh, of storming heaven for the got it. Sake of nice story. job. All right, all right. Uh, sh- Shout out to Timothy Chapman, dear fathers Nathan, Michael, John, and Mike. I'm always interested to see how people order our names. True. You came first on this one. Father Nathan, Michael, John, and Mike. I began listening to the podcast about four years ago when I heard about it from now Father Taylor Leffler. I know him. Omaha. And some seminarians of the Archdiocese of Omaha. At the time, I was an MDiv student at a Protestant seminary in St. Louis. Boo. I'm just kidding. Uh, dipping my what? toe into the Tiber. The podcast was just such an accessible way for me to learn about Catholic faith and practice from some normal dudes and made the church more appealing to hear relatable priests discussing important issues with intelligence, candor, and humor. Oh, thank you. Uh, two and a half years ago, I was confirmed by the Most Reverend Robert Carlson, Archbishop of St. Louis. I've never looked back. Thank you guys for the role you played in my conversion and continue to play in my faith development and maturity. Furthermore, while a Roman... Each summer, I like to make a retreat to Holy Resurrection Byzantine Catholic Monastery for my annual dose of East. Amen. I picked up St. John Chrysostom by Confirmation Saint. Amen. Also, Father Nathan, I'm originally from Salem, Illinois. Nice. That was one of the only McDonald's that sold popcorn. And uh, it's good to hear you think about, you talk about our beloved homeland, my dear, dear land of Lincoln. May all your steak and shake dreams come true. About a month ago, I launched an online Catholic t-shirt. I'll be doing a shout out. I'll be doing a shout out. Store to make up for what I perceive to be a dearth in good Catholic apparel. I hope you each enjoy the enclosed t-shirts. Oh, that shirt was epic. I got a uh, a Byzantine Byzantine spirit. It was pretty cool. Teen spirit (laughs) podcast. Except, Uh, by the way, I'm a double XL, not an XL. Just FYI, <laughs> could you help out the plus-sized men out there? Thank you. You're sending more T-shirts at the podcast. Father Dave is the double XL, and I'm a large. Um, there's a lot more online at www.calixtusapparel.com. I should have prepared this. Calixtus Apparel. C-A-L-L-I-X-T-U-S apparel.com. Tell your friends. Winky face. Peace, Timothy Jeff. Couple more, um, dear Father Nathan. You remember the episode I was yelling "non at my car radio? Of course, most likely mispronouncing the word. I was too. I listened to that. I'm still not sure how to pronounce that word. They are these are my quote famous cream cheese cutout cookies, which came to the parish. Is that what we're eating this weekend in a box with an ice bag in it? Those are good. I was making some for my college age daughter to bring when we visit this weekend, and thought I'd make some extra for you. Uh, give my best to the whole Catholic stuff. Shout out, team. And behind the scenes, you are all wonderful and amazing. Peace, Sarah Taylor, Willowbrook, Illinois. Finally, 
Uh, Dear Catholic stuff, Father John, Mike, Michael, and Nathan. Your podcast has become a regular part of my spiritual formation this past year. We especially loved your podcast on the Byzantine marriage rite. We, as in my wife and I, who celebrated a biritual wedding at St. Mary's Italian in the French Quarter in September 2017. I am Ukrainian Catholic and my wife is Roman. Your insights helped us blend the two traditions and gave new meaning to our marriage preparation and celebration. Shortly after getting married, we became, became pregnant with twin identical boys. Did that nice. other couple have twin boys? That's crazy. Uh, what a shocking blessing. On the day they were delivered, your podcast on Father's Day and quote from Charles Pigot uh, really shook me to the core. I replayed it several times and still have those lines in my head. Fatherhood and the last great adventure, though my wife may counter that motherhood is. God bless all of you. Keep it, though, maybe with seven minutes of banter instead of ten. <laughs> Nicholas from Cheverly, Maryland. Holy Family Ukrainian Catholic National Shrine in St. Jerome's Roman Catholic Church and his wife, Lindsay. Nice. Folks, to my last night of 35. That's right. My birthday's tomorrow. Turns 36 tomorrow, you youngin'. Is right. Is right. This is Catholic stuff. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything else. Thanks for listening. We appreciate all the gifts that we receive. Yes. They are consumed with gratitude, um, especially these cream cheese cookies, which um, <laughs> I thought that it was just going to be like a bag of dust, but uh, there's some really good ones in here. The sprinkles are epic. Yes, they are. What do you call sprinkles? Non par rice. Non par rice. All the mirror pronounce non par rice. She's saying right now, Father Nathan is non right. This is Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook, Stitcher, um, uh, Joanne Alexa. Fabrics. <laughs> Alexa. Alexa, play Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Stop. Alexa, play Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Play Leah Darrow. <laughs> Again. All right, check us out. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Nostrovia. Nostrovia. See ya.